This is the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheiman, brought to you by Ends Group Insurance. Ends Group is ensuring success. From the Gal Media Studios, here's Greg Scheinman. Greg Scheinman here with you, episode number 101 of the Midlife Mail Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The mission of the show is to help men navigate middle age to achieve a better quality of life. Each week, I get to share the stories of inspiring men that reveal our humanity and inspire action. If you are listening right now, you've been listening for a while or are new to the show, welcome and thank you. I'm so grateful to have you. It would mean a lot to me if you could take a second to subscribe to the pod and newsletter. And if you really like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on iTunes and give me a follow on Instagram. Extremely helpful to keep the midlife male movement growing, and I am greatly appreciative. Today, I am bringing you the conversation I had with Mr. Phil Golia. Phil is the founder of Performance Fitness Concepts, one of the most elite performance nutrition and rejuvenation health and wellness clinics in the United States. He has been a certified nutritionist for over 35 years. He is the official nutritionist for the World Boxing Committee and Split Nutrition, where he is also the co-founder. Had the other co-founder of Split Nutrition, Jeff Mahan, on the Midlife Mail podcast a couple months back. Phil's clients include professional athletes such as Kevin Love, Brian Wilson, Alex Rodriguez, Russell Wilson, really awesome, awesome stuff. Marvel Comics Production Company. This is cool. I want to tell you about this. Contracted Phil to be a consultant to assist their action-adventure superhero actors. That means these actors that get cast to play superheroes, or maybe even supervillains, they go to Phil to hone their physiques for the action-adventure roles and utilize his physique-changing nutritional strategies to get into superhero shape. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Colin Farrell, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Chris Foley, a lot of Chris's, Jonah Hill, Sly Stallone, lots of names that you are familiar with. That's really, really cool stuff. Phil has a best-selling book called Turn Up the Heat. He also has Unlocked the Fat-Burning Power of Your Metabolism. He has appeared in numerous magazines and television programs, including E!, CNN, Extra, Revenge Body Seasons 1, 2, and 3. He is a graduate of Duke University, the American College of Sports Medicine, and the National Academy of Sports Medicine. His athletic pedigree includes being a high school and collegiate All-American wrestler, a storied 12-year history as a rugby player, a Mr. North America bodybuilding champion, and a Grand Am motorsports race car driver placing seventh at the 24 hours of Daytona. He is not in any way, shape, or form an armchair nutritionist. His scientific approach to metabolic nutrition is founded in science and proven in practice. He is consistently on the cutting edge of performance, fitness, and nutrition, and practices what he preaches when he trains daily next to his teammates and many of his elite endurance clients. This was a blast. I learned a ton. In a day and age where people are getting their nutritional 
advice from a bunch of uninformed influencers or out there in social media where everybody has an opinion, it's really nice and refreshing to sit down with an actual expert. This is a good one. Have a listen. Check out Phil Golia on the Midlife Mail podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, so we're laughing a little bit at, at, at the onset already. Um, looking through through the bio and the length of accomplishments and everything that you've you've done in your career, but I'm going to skip right to right to the last. Yeah, line. that's the short version. The short <laughs> version is that Phil is not an armchair nutritionist. No, okay? good. Okay, no, I hate that. Like white lab coat guy in an armchair telling you what to eat or telling you how to train. I can't stand it. It drives me insane. So what exactly does that mean to you, though? Not an armchair nutritionist. So how are you kind of up and at it and into it with your, with your clients? <laughs> so, you know, the easiest way to describe that is that years ago when I came out here in, God, in 90, I started working with a lot of the Raiders that were out here, nutritionally, right? And I was working with Bob Golick, Steve Wright, Howie Long. And it was very interesting. Like, these guys would tell their other athlete friends, hey, you got to go see Golia because he really does it. And at the time, you know, I was training. I was a Mr. North America. I was training for bodybuilding shows. I was a 315-pound guy, you know, sucking up every chicken in Santa Monica and not to mention the anabolics that go along with it. So, you know, I, I was savvy on my drug patterns and I knew how much chicken to eat and I had my nutrition background. So these athletes would come to me because they know I did it or was involved in doing it so when I gave them a food program to follow, they knew that I knew how they would feel before they even started feeling that way because I already ate that way. Mm-hmm. So it gave them a lot of confidence. And I think that's a big thing about athletes is that, that when you coach them, you're coaching them to build their confidence so they can perform better on the field. And they don't have to think about how many chicken breasts to eat because I already told them. So now that's off their brain plate and they can say, good, I can just focus on the game. So you got out here in 1990. In 90, so yeah, from Savannah, Georgia. What brought you out here? Uh, athletes. You know, I was working with so many athletes out here already over the phone. And honestly, in Savannah, God bless that place because I love it. You know, when there was a pig roast or it was hunting season, not many people were seeing me for foods. It was, you know, kind of like that. And I had won every show up and down the East Coast as a bodybuilder. And it was really time for me to make the exit in a shift. So I had a pony up you know, and pack up my crap and move out here to L.A. And, and it was kind of neat. One of my first clients literally was a guy named David Hasselhoff who was doing Baywatch at the time. And then, boom, I rolled right into uh, Jeff Goldblum's sister who was having gastric issues. And then Jeff. And then it, and it just spiraled for me. And as a, as a bodybuilder who didn't hold back his opinion, you know, people kind of dug it. So they were seeing me for foods nutritionally. And it was, very, it, was, it was a great journey right off the bat. What first drew you to bodybuilding and training and not wanting to yourself? Be, not wanting to be fat. <laughs> I, was a, I was a fat little kid. I, mm. I'm a cancer survivor. And I had osteosarcoma as a kid. They were literally going to, you know, like, do we cut the guy's leg off or we try to save it, blah, blah, blah. So they didn't cut my leg off. But I was never supposed to walk, ride, or play a sport. And uh, at a little all-boys school in, in Boston, I had a wrestling coach. And he kept on saying to me, go out there. And this is seventh grade, right? Go out there, have a good time. What's the worst going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Give it your best shot. And I was 270 pounds in seventh grade. I was like a marshmallow with legs. It was, you know, insane. 
and I was like too wide to play basketball, so I had to do something. So I ended up wrestling, and I'd walk out on the mat. Poof, I get pinned by some senior. I'd walk off the mat, and then Coach Subi would look at me and say, "Well, how was that?" I'm like, I-, "I don't know." He says, "Well, you're only out there for 15 seconds. What'd you think?" I-, "I don't know." And then he'd say, "Go get a shower, and then go back to study hall." Ah, screw it. You don't need a shower. You're fine. Just go back to study hall. You didn't sweat. You just got pinned. And then eventually, I won a match, and it was a thing. You know, it was a real shift, a real change, a dynamic, a shift in my paradigm about my thought about me. And I came off the mat and Coach Subi was like, so how'd that feel? And I'm like, I won, right? It was a dude, wasn't it? Like, it wasn't a girl. <laughs> I actually beat a guy. And he says, yeah, you should really take a look at that. And so I did. And I think that made a big shift for me about how to create value in my life, how to really engineer my day so foods would engineer me you know i'd be eating everything because i was just sad about stuff and i was fat and i was bullied a lot so you know i didn't dig it so i used food to kind of hide behind and then wrestling really expanded for me and it was funny because early on when i was dealing with this leg in a cast for an entire year i got into art and music so i literally went to duke on a music wrestling gig uh, and I, and I, it's my a combination father, you see all the time. Yeah, said, well, that's what my father said. He says, yeah, you fooled them. You know, yeah, music, right. And then wrestling, they dug. Like, oh, art and athlete, that's cool. And I really think that's, you know, how I got in. Halfway through my, my freshman year, though, my music professor's like, hey, man, who's doing your homework? And I'm like, what? Well, your homeworks are like A's, your test scores are D's. What's going on? Uh, shit like the girls of the Pi Fi sorority they're helping me with keyboards I don't know keyboards I'm scales vocals blah 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 and the music professors are like look you sound great play in the quad play in the coffee houses play to get a date but this is a bad idea for you you shouldn't do this and then that's how I actually got into poli sci and then diving into nutrition protocols like really learning about food programming mm-hmm. and that just grew and grew and grew poli sci kind of taught me how to bullshit my way out of anything <laughs> crazy but the nutrition aspect of what i was learning with my independent studies at school was extraordinary and then i was able to apply that to sport and then after i finished wrestling i just didn't want to get fat again and i literally saw a picture of this guy named boyer co on the cover of iron man magazine looking like you know big huge Mm -hmm. arms like oh my god that guy gets laid that's crazy (laughs) i want to look like that and he's not fat and it was just that thing that, that I wanted to dive into and learn about, like how to create a physique so that I mm-hmm. wouldn't be fat or I wouldn't be bullied. So it came from a place of insecurity, but a real desire to learn about the science of this. And I applied it. Like I tried it, and that didn't work. And I tried mm-hmm. it, and that didn't work. And then discovering how lipid profile management, like the information about your HDLs and LDLs and triglyceride levels and your glucose and this thing called HbA1c, which is a diabetic marker, really plays into like how you should be eating. Mm-hmm. Wait, my dog snoring. <laughs> he's awesome. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> Hang on, Tanner. Come here, buddy. I know. No snoring, snoring. It's okay. Anyway, that's last part of a natural podcast. Yeah. That's cool. It is. And I spent three days with about 400 pounds worth of dogs at my stepbrother's house yeah. for the last couple of days. Yeah. Burmese Mountain Dog, St. Bernard, and French Bulldog. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they purr. Yes. Drool. A lot of drooling. Yeah, a lot of drooling. I'm used to I'm used A lot of nutrition in that drool. Though. A lot of nutrition. Do you prescribe that? Yeah, I can't. A dog drool. Gunnar Peterson does it all the time. He actually collects the dog drool and sells it as a protein. That's cool. God bless him. 
<laughs> That's why the Lakers are doing so well. It's so a you lot can of dog and sell protein. anything these yeah. days, clearly. So, it's branding. It's, brand, it's all branding. So that's how I got into like this whole concept of sports nutrition, metabolic science. And it's so funny, like most recently, I, I've had so many calls, even one today about a, uh, a podcast that's out called Game Changers, oh, right? yeah. plant-based mm-hmm. protocol, which yeah. is great, assuming you can manage sugars well. Mm-hmm. But in the world of lipid profile assessment, like me, I got a high HbA1c even when I'm on foods. I don't use sugars well. My triglyceride levels will elevate easily with a sugar consumption that, mm-hmm. you know, like I crave sugars. If there was cookie dough on your shoulder, I'd eat your arm to get it. I swear to God I would. And so I don't manage sugars well. Why would I start a plant-based food protocol? That's a bad idea for me because it's primarily sugar. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm more fat and protein guy. So lots of fatty fish, a bunch of eggs, a bunch of nuts. What if you don't know what kind of guy you are? You know, for the layman, the non-science-based guy, the non-tinkerer, the guy who's just out <laughs> there, like, he's, he's freaking awesome. Oh, my God. Pick that guy up. Tank. Or give him to Lisa or something. Because the irony is we actually just had breakfast next to Arnold Schwarzenegger. We sit down. You did? Yeah, literally. Yeah, okay, Arnold. table over. And having watched Game Changers. So I'm sitting there. I got one eye on on Jeremy, and we're trying to have this conversation. I got the other eye on what what is Arnold eating eating. Okay, this this morning, which looked to be oatmeal Mm -hmm. and fruit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did not put the brown sugar on it. Right. I might be getting this wrong, so don't nobody sue me. Arnold yeah. or whatever, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yes. cigar, okay. cigar was dipped into his oatmeal. Yes, in there. But if you're just a guy, again, trying to eat a little bit better, there's so much information yeah. you know, out there. You know, and you know, usually that question hits when you are in that middle-aged place, mm-hmm. right? You've made it in your career path. You're not worried about your car payment anymore. You got some money behind you. You sacrificed a bunch of health to work your ass off, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you're a little upside down in your waistline. And you go, fuck, you know, what do I, what do, I do? How do I manage this? Yep. Uh, you can swear on this, right? Oh, totally. Okay, fuck, fuck, thank God. <laughs> part of my, part of my. We can't not is basically okay, what it is. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So here you are middle-aged and you go, God damn it, you know, my pants don't fit and I feel like crap and my, my energy level is low. And that's the biggest thing I hear here. And I see between, I don't know, 26 and 34 people a day roll through this place. And when I first meet them, it is always my energy sucks. It's not even more so about their waistline. It's really about my energy pattern blows. So, mm-hmm. so eating is so important to create a consistent energy pattern. Most folks have such an adversarial relationship with their waistline, right, and their scale weight, they end up with an adversarial relationship with their food. Like they view food as, as a, a mechanism that promotes fat gain and weight gain, right? Mm-hmm. So here's something to think about. Here's that guy that is 250, 280, whatever, and he's having trouble with his waistline and his weight, so he stops eating and it gets worse. Like if under eating worked, people wouldn't be fat. It's easy to skip a meal. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to eat your meals. So in that place, especially in guy world, if you start to under eat, you really start to suppress testosterone levels too, which will adversely affect libido and even cause more hoarding of fat. So it's always foods first. And in guy world, you say, okay, what are the most important things? What can I do immediately? I can get rid of anything that's inflammatory because those things are aging. So, no yeast, no mold, no dairy, no gluten. Dairies are eating phlegm, no dairy. 
There's bad. Uh, it's my favorite pen. There you go. 22 fart sounds in that little rap basket. That's awesome. So, thank you. So no yeast, no mold, no dairy, no gluten, and no beans. Beans are high mold as well, unless you soak those puppies for 24 hours before you cook them. Yeast, mold, gluten is easy. It just means bread breads, muffins, bagels, hoi breads, sandwich breads. If it sits in a bag and is placed on a shelf, you can't have it. So you focus on one-ingredient starches like potatoes, rice, yams, oatmeal, oat flakes, oat puffs. You know, the one-ingredient starches, those are your buddies. Like, look at your starches and say to it, how many ingredients are in you? And if they tell you more than one, don't have it. So then you go, okay, cool. I get the starches. I get the foods. But don't I need protein? Like, I'm exercising. So exercise is interesting. So now you're in that middle-aged place. You joined a gym and you're training, but you still view food as adversarial. And you've got a strategy for your training, but you don't have a strategy for your kitchen and your bedroom, like your sleep patterns, your sleep mm -hmm. hygiene. And all of a sudden, you're wicked sore, and then you bend over to pet your cat, and your back goes out. So training doesn't change physique. Training just breaks down muscle tissue, and it inflames you. That's the job of training. It's a catabolic event. Your anabolic event, where your physique and performance change, is kitchen bedroom. Calories, mm -hmm. heat patterns. Calories are heat energy units. Your metabolism ultimately is a function of that heat. And fat is a lipid. It's an oil. It's a, like butter. Fat will only convert to energy in a calorically hot environment. Don't eat enough heat, can't burn fat. So when you're training, you want to repair your muscle tissue. So overall calories are important, caloric consumption, and as well your protein pattern. But people confuse like beans and tofu and legume combinations for proteins. Well, here's, here's the new news. Well, it's not news, it's old news. Protein is meat with eyes, damn it. Chicken, fish, steak, turkey, eggs. Nuts and seeds is a separate category because it's mostly fat, little protein. But if it can run, swim, or take a dump in the woods and has a heartbeat, it's a protein. Everything else is freaking sugar first. And there might be amino acids in there as you combine them, but it's still a sugar first. And that's important to understand. Mm -hmm. And then being strategic, trying to figure out your foods as a, as a middle-aged guy, you go, well, the best time to repair muscle tissue is when your body's at rest. Because rest time is sleep. My biggest protein meal should be dinner. Do I need that starch at night? Do I need rice, potato, yam at night? Well, that's an energy source food. It's a sugar. You're not going to run a marathon after dinner, for Christ's sake. So protein and veggies, dinner, have your starch at lunch when you need that energy pattern. And then always after dinner, which is interesting, like a little fruit, a little sugar to spike your insulin and promote a deep sleep. So food programming is strategic. Do not undereat like Arnold was having his, his oatmeal and fruit. You know, a lot of guys will go oatmeal, fruit, couple eggs, a fruit for a mid-morning snack, a starch at lunch like a potato, rice, or yam, and then a protein like your chicken breast and veggies. Maybe one or two afternoon snacks, usually grouped together like a fruit and a nut. And a fruit and a nut is interesting, like 12 almonds and a piece of fruit, which can be, can be a complete pain in the ass. So a few years ago, we were using a product, and I will not mention the name, there was a sugar-fat combination, like a peanut and a sugar flavoring. And, uh, and I really helped launch them into that mecca of Hollywood. And then I couldn't get the product anymore. It's like, it was a weird thing. So I was pissed. And Lisa, my wife, kept on saying, come up with something. Stop your whining. Jesus Christ, you know, I can't, can't handle this. So I literally was drawing on a piece of paper because at the time I was cycling. I got into road biking and cycling and racing, which is absurd and insane. You're a big guy so, for cycling. Dude. <laughs> Dude, it took me two and a half years to really get my base for this. And then, and then my. Broke a lot of bikes. Yeah, broke a lot of bikes. And then. I was gonna then say, where do you go? Like with Jeremy. Uh -huh. No, like with Jeremy and the, and the elite cyclists, I was like right on them. 
And that's why they're coming here for nutrition, like Golia. First of all, like, you weigh 240, and then you're on a bike, and you're right on my wheel. Well, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> how are you on this? So, and anyways, we end up with a lot of, of elite endurance athletes here at the office, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But fueling has so much to do with that. Like, sugar only, sugar fat, sugar yeah. fat combinations. <clears throat> and I had drawn on this stupid piece of paper, like, what happens if I need sugar only? Well, that's like a jam. What happens if I need almond butter? Well, that's your nut butter. Well, you could have it in a little packet with little dot, dot, dots down the center of it. So you could tear it in half, have your jam only, like your fruit only, or have your fat only. Mm-hmm. Or you could fold this packet, tear off the top, and have both, the sugar fat. So I, I went over this for months in my mind. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then a guy named Jeff Mon, who's a very elite cyclist, celebrity chef, and generally a good human, uh, who Jeremy's good friends with. Uh, he, we were in here talking about it. I went to his restaurant with my wife. We're having dinner. He goes, I told him the story. He said, well, what would you do? And I said, give me the fucking napkin. And I drew it on a napkin. And I said, I'd do that. And he literally snatched the napkin out of my hand. He goes, I can do that. So three years later, we got split nutrition and, and a bunch of skews and a lot of popularity and viral, real viral promotion of it. Because it's a one-ingredient food, no mm-hmm. palm oil, no crap, just a sugar and a fat, a 200-calorie, 170-calorie energy pattern that is very convenient and accessible. So food programming, you get back to that, we'll circle, yep. full circle. Mm-hmm. Food programming is hard, man. It's difficult. Like the reason why people sit here in my office is because they suck at this. They don't have a clue. So you say to them, look, it's going to be difficult to eat your food without a doubt. Like you got to focus on that weak muscle because you, you, it's easier for you not to eat than to eat. So we make it convenient. You can take something difficult and make it convenient like a split nutrition packet, right? Sugar fat, easy rather than dropping your almonds on the floor. So the idea of making things easy, easy even using uh, an app like, uh, like DoorDash or something for dinner, you just go right to Mediterranean. You click on kebabs and a bunch of vegetables. No one can screw up a kebab. Now you got your protein and veggies. It's easy and simple. So you can make food programming that appears difficult in the beginning because it's a new learned responsibility. You can make it easy. You can navigate. And that's why I love Split Nutrition so much. And it's an ongoing story between Jeremy, myself, uh, Chris Mears, one of our other guys mm-hmm. that is a, a partner in this, and Jeff Mon and myself. You know, it's been a, an incredible journey, and we've got more flavors to come and more ideas about making this thing convenient, not only for athletes, but for families, for like the CEO of the household, mom. Mm-hmm. You know, how do, I, how do I get my kid to eat healthy and, and dig it? Yeah, now, we, we can sit here and we can geek out on all of the science and the nutrition and, and, and everything else. And you said the, the person who's sitting in my seat normally. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you also advise and talk about kind of you know, cutting through some of the other clutter, like whether it's keto and whether it's paleo, yeah, keto, it's, paleo, you know, everybody getting beat over, right, getting beaten over the head with every one of these things there. And again, breaking it down to be, to be simple for the guy also, who's got to get up, get to work every day, get his kids to school, maybe coach a team or so, try to keep himself mm-hmm. a little bit of, in a little bit of shape or the one you described earlier, who's kind of career's good right yeah. now, but you know, fell out of balance a little bit on, on the health and nutrition side and now wants to get it back together. And he doesn't want to, he's not going to school, right. you know, like you. He wants to be schooled. Right. So people come here to get schooled. And 
And in order to really get schooled, you've got to be unreasonable. Like the reason why that guy's successful, right, in his career now in that middle-aged place is because he really was unreasonable. Like when he, somebody said no to him, he heard a yes just in a different way. So that's what I ask of the clients that come in here. Like be unreasonable. Like if your water bottle is empty, fill the goddamn thing up. Stop what you're doing and go fill it up. Be unreasonable. Like focus on your weakest thing, on your weakest muscle. Don't take mm-hmm. your eyes off it. Don't go ostrich and stick your head in the sand. Stay focused with it. And it is about screwing up a little bit. Like, look, all food programming is a little imperfect. Make it as perfect as possible. And if you're better than 80% with me, then you're making great gains. Mm -hmm. And make sure it suits lifestyle, that it is sustainable food programming. Intermittent fasting is not sustainable. Keto fasting, tell me that the overweight woman in Wisconsin that weighs 280 is going to drop into ketosis. I just don't think that's going to happen. And ketosis isn't exactly healthy, which leads to acidosis, which isn't exactly healthy. And if you are in a high-fat, high-protein food program, especially high-fat, and your dad, God forbid, died of a heart attack because of plaque, and you yourself have crappy LDLs, like bad guy fats that are through the roof, Mm -hmm. and no good guy fats, eating a bunch of fat probably isn't exactly so great. And what you have to remember is that most of these folks generally are not on a food program when they start. And then they start something that some influencer told them about, you know, on the web. Whenever you start something, you're going to drop some weight because you're lining up your calories in a specific heat structure. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, your calories are just milling around. So ask yourself again, is it sustainable? Does it suit my family health history? Like, is there diabetes in my family background? Yeah. So plant-based is probably a bad idea. Did my dad die of a heart attack? Do I have plaque in my arteries? Do I have high LDLs? Yeah, so probably high fat, high protein is a bad idea for you. So Ask you yourself really some common questions. You can't do your questions. job either right. until you answer those, the questions. Com- those questions. So, is that being step one? Mm-hmm. Do you send your clients or prospective clients to get certain tests done? Or how do you do we that do kind both. of screener? So, it's like, look, my dad passed away yeah. you know, from, with cancer history in my family. Or, like, how much so inflammation from a genetic history. standpoint, right. okay, can we beat or overcome or be the best? Ver- the best version of ourselves that we're genetically predispositioned yeah. to be, I guess, also. So that's the thing. You can use foods to be the best version of you genetically, right? It's about creating a youthful future. Like me, I just turned 60. The number 60 kind of freaks me out, but I don't act 60. I don't want to be 60. So I'll do whatever it t- t- takes. And they're using hack lately. Like hack your metabolism. I-, I can't stand the word, but they're using it. So I'll do anything that is nutritionally sustainable to support a youthful future for myself because I have a lot more to say and a lot more to do. Uh, and, and step one is always in assessing a lipid profile because that really does give you information about how you manage your macronutrients, your fats, proteins, and carbohydrates. So without that, it's best guess. You can eat more healthfully, right? You can get away from the breads, the yeast, the mold, the inflammatory foods, which is great. You can increase your water intake which is great, but you're still throwing a little mud on the wall, seeing what sticks until you really look at whether or not you truly are fat and protein efficient or carbohydrate efficient, or you have a dual structure, which is always inherently found in that damn lipid profile and in HbA1c and even hematocrit for athletes as you measure the oxygen count in your red cells. Is this affordable? Meaning like, again, normal guy, okay? Normal guy, come on in. You just rattled off a series of things. Can I go get a series of those things done? What's it going to cost me? Like 500 bucks, 1,000? That's an interesting point. Yeah. Because I've wondered this and I've never asked this question, which is I have 
a great ability. I mean, I'm really fortunate you live 10 minutes from my house. Right. I can come here. You can take the test right here. Okay. I, wa- I walk in. It's done in 20 minutes. Every week, They can take blood. He'll know everything that's going on. If I live in Kansas City and Phil's here, what do you recommend for that person? So, because otherwise, they're just guessing. Sure. So a couple of things. That's what I'm saying. I kind of am throwing some darts on the wall. You know, 30 plus years of an interest in health and wellness Mm -hmm. and and fitness and family history and all that. And we're but still kind of throwing darts against the wall. You talked about intermittent fasting. Okay, I've tinkered around with intermittent fasting, okay? You know, when you're doing CrossFit, you're hearing about paleo all the time. When you flip on the TV, you're going to hear the game changer argument. And Mm -hmm. I got guys throwing supplements at me saying, I'm in keto this, keto this. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking get into ketosis. I have no idea how I would ever make that happen. So I love this. So the quick thing is, the quick thing is always look at your family health history to determine, you know, how you should be eating. What can you do if you can't get into my office and you're not living in Santa Monica or the Los Angeles area? You could buy my book. That's cool. Turn up the heat. You could do that. But better yet, for coaching, you could use Gplans, gplans.com. So I have an online, very smart, highly community-driven web, web platform. It will take you through what type of metabolism you have. You type mm-hmm. in your blood work. And we all have that on our phone now with how medicine operates. So type in your lipid profile. Boom, but, it'll but, type but you. So you have to go someplace and have your blood taken. Yeah, so you but go to Red Cross your, even and get it done. And even the Walgreens and CVS now have those lipid profiles. that They'll do them right there for you. So we're yeah. January, what, like 20th or something right now. So if I'm going to my primary care physician. They'll for always my, do a lipid profile. For my annual... Okay, yeah. for my annual physical, which, by the way, everybody out there, should be 100% covered by your insurance carrier, okay? <laughs> Preventative is, okay? So there's no reason you shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that I should be asking him to run and then say sending to somebody like you to help design? Now, always ask would- him, look, the, I have such a deep Rolodex of MDs because I am not a doctor. I'm not an MD. I'm a nutrition guy. So when these doctors have an obese patient or a gastric issue, they all send them to me, right? And when I have somebody in here, a client that has a medical issue, I send them to a gastroenterologist, a hematologist, a a neurologist, whatever, whatever the case may be. So when you go see your doctor, ask them for a full lipid profile so you can start looking at how well your body manages macronutrients. And then your doctor is really going to say, Maybe, right? Oh my God, look at your LDLs. They're over 160. They're through the roof. You need to get your food in check. You know, and, and that's not my wheelhouse. So you mm-hmm. need to go see a guy. And in the Los Angeles area, you know, that's how I, I'm sent a lot of clients for nutrition because they send them in here. If you're out of state and you want an inexpensive, easy thing to do, I'm sure that on your phone, even from past uh, physicals, you have that lipid profile information in there. Click it into the G Plans website and find out who you are. Oh, and that's cool. So a, you can take your result, your profile, yeah. plug it in, plug it in to G Plans, kick out recommendations, information, yeah, and in it'll the plan. take you through a 12-week protocol, like dietary diaries. It'll give you a shopping list for crying out loud. It'll explain why water is so important, and it has a tons of videos in there of me telling you how to do this stuff, which is neat, which is but great. But you need to be told what to do. Again, yeah. we don't have the bandwidth. Okay, to go this deep. So it's like the. And if you want personal coaching, I'm here. I work with folks all over the world. I got people in Australia and Saudi and Germany, you know, all over the world. We just do phone appointments and Skype, which is great. Mm -hmm. But to monetize, you know, to keep the money in your hip pocket, 
you, you know, you can it's, use the G Plants website. It's the reason why people go to personal trainers, which is it accountability. Takes, it takes the thought. It's accountability and it takes the thought out of it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to start going. What do I need to do? If you have G Plans or you have a phone appointment with Phil. It's told you what to do. And look, that's why we're here. I mean, we're really here because we're trying, okay, yeah. to cut down the amount of time anybody would have to spend trying to yeah. figure out what the fuck they should really be doing mm -hmm. and where they're getting their information from. So that it's that, authentic, credible. It's got some, because yeah. you talked about Authentic this before, and credible is cool. That that's vital. I mean, because everybody's giving advice and opinions and we're living in a world right now where you could follow somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're telling you something that has no validity whatsoever, but they got, you know, 5 million people following. It's them like talking to a trainer about nutrition. He knows what, or she knows what works best for him or her, but they don't know what works best for you. They can give you some general guidelines without hurting you, but you get back to intermittent fasting and ketosis or plant-based. You know, those are very specific protocols that if not followed correctly could hurt you. Like, I like intermittent fasting so much because I like to talk about it real quick. And so here's the quick thing. Yeah. I introduced you to a guy named Kevin Love, plays for the NBA, right? Mm -hmm. Big tall guy. Yep. Or Myers Leonard, big seven foot tall guy, right? And he says to you, you know, I just finished a game. It's 11 o'clock at night. I played most of the game. I'm thinking maybe I just shouldn't eat right now. Good idea, bad idea. Like bad idea. Probably bad idea, right. right. Let's say I introduce you to one of our cyclist friends. He says, yeah, I got a big five hour ride and I'm headed out at 6 a.m., but it's so early. I'm thinking, just not going to eat. Like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Walking from here to the car breaks down muscle tissue. You know, me shaking your hand is a catabolic event. You walking from the bedroom to the bathroom, catabolic event. Our world and our life extension conversations are all about healing, repairing, reducing inflammation, and that is an anabolic event. There are places, and don't get me wrong, there are places medically where intermittent fasting is important, where a high-fat eye protein or plant-based, without a doubt, important. But that's the place of the doctor. That's the place of your MD to tell you about that, mm -hmm. not some influencer guy. And the influencing thing really, it drives me a little crazy too. Maybe it's because of my age, but I always consider myself a disruptor. And Gunnar Peterson and I, we talk about this a lot, Gunnar's too, he's like, I'm a disruptor. Like, we legitimately don't care what we say because we know we've been doing it for 35 years. And if we sucked at doing this shit, we'd be working at Starbucks, you know, serving lattes when we go on cappuccinos. You know, I'm just, just saying. <laughs> but we were proven in practice and founded in science for years. And that's why, you know, like, like coming up with a split nutrition packet, like that's really founded in science and it's smart and it's convenient and it helps people. So ultimately in the scheme of things, with the cancer stuff, with being a fat kid, you know, and, and seeing between 28 and 32, 34 people a day in my brick and mortar and having G plans, the goal of, and I've talked to Jeremy about this, the goal for me is to like sell out of this stuff so I can do this for free. My end game is where you come in and you say, Golia, I need some help. And I say, fine. And then you pay whatever you can up front and that money goes towards a foundation for pediatric obesity or, or mental health. Mm -hmm. Something that's going to lead people to a better way of life that's consistent and, and sustainable and creates a legacy. So that, you know, that's my end game for this thing. And I talked to Jeremy a bunch about it. I talked to Jeff about it, like, like working with certain foundations that people can use and thrive within. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, look, it's a great, it's a great goal. The idea of helping people live better lives yeah. mentally and physically. I can't think of anything more valuable than that. I'm going to split Brad's head comment. 
So I'll be there at 12, so feel free to come in. One thing you should bring up with him, when his stuff works, you do live a better life, which is your your lipid profile gets better, your cholesterol levels come down, you don't need statins. I mean, for midlife people who are yeah. about to start popping a ton of drugs, and I have the proof because you can look through my numbers. And we are going to leave all this in, okay? Yeah. Split nutrition, Split okay? Nutrition. Super client, super friend, super, I've got to go get to Brad Siskin to train you. Jeremy Winokur, thank you so much. Thank you all so right. much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But it won't make you taller. Well, I've got that problem too, okay? <laughs> that, that, pro- that problem I have also. That's so funny. <laughs> you touched on something that I want to come back to, which is how much fun I also have with, with doing this and guys sitting in and, and everybody takes different value about, away from different things. Mm-hmm. It was like, ask you about this and talk about this. You mentioned youthful future. Yeah. Okay. What does a youthful future mean to you? And also, where where do you stand on some of the other anti-aging you know, things like that, are, that are out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that so, beyond, beyond nutrition, and you're 60, I'm 47, mm-hmm. okay? Sitting around, we're talking to our buddies, and someone's trying this, they're trying that, I want, and you got guys, ha- and you say you don't like the word, but they're hacking, they're hacking everything, and you've yeah. got bulletproof lifestyles, and try this, and try that, and you go, so you're like, is there a line anywhere on what's normal, well, natural, not, or how thing, do you do it? You know, the bulletproof thing, so coconut oil, MCTs, that's a triglyceride, so mm-hmm. I easily store trigs, so MCTs would inflame me. So you have to be very careful. If you're somebody that stores trigs and doesn't use sugar as well, like an MCT is a bad idea. Not that, it, and so somebody else, it may be okay for. Right. But in my metabolic world, it's not okay. So but now you're just back to knowing, like just yeah, because bulletproof coffee is a trend and fat, and, doesn't mean it's good and everybody's for everybody. throwing butter and MCT in their coffee. Now yeah. it doesn't make it good for everybody. Doesn't make it good for everybody. So here's the thing, like youthful future. I think youthful futures are built around the understanding of consequence. Like everything is consequential. An apple pie is not an apple. A skip meal is as bad as eating pizza. Are you drinking your water? And what's the definition of water? Like fish must swim in it. That's the definition of water, man. And the rule of thumb is half your body weight in ounces of water a day, minimally. And if you're wicked active, if you're a pro athlete, it's up to your body weight in ounces of water. And water regulates temperature. So as you drink water, it manages your temperature through perspiration and sweat. If you don't manage temperature through perspiration and sweat, your body will hoard fat underneath your skin to act as insulation. And that also is inflammatory in aging. So sleep, hydration, Am I eating enough? Am I eating the right macronutrients in the order that best suits me so I can be the best version of me, right? And then am I unreasonable enough to really get this done? Do I understand the consequence? So here's the deal. Look, take one date night meal a week. Eat whatever the fuck you want to eat. Get it out of your system. Otherwise, stick to the pattern and be better than 80%. And understand that as you look at your day and you wake up every damn morning, your day can engineer you or you can engineer your day. It is just a choice. Look in the mirror and go, I need to engineer my day, man. I, I'm, I'm in control of that. I'm the engineer of it. I will direct my day. And I will be just unreasonable enough to make that happen. And hopefully, I'll be that penny that drops into a pond. As all those ripples take effect, it will affect people I don't even know as they watch me drink more water or eat my split nutrition packet in the afternoon and somebody asks me why. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll be that guy. 
how much time mm -hmm. does this kind of this mental shift you know because i think about it that way almost even more than than the physical so let's say i get the roadmap yeah i get the lipids Mm, the lipid study yeah, done. I, pl I plug it in. Plug I plug it, in. it into now G plans, and I do. Okay, so now I'm. How's it stick? Okay, and I've never really been this person before. Di necessarily discipline, or this is, and that's what got me into this. In the you so have is it a, a map in your head, right? You have an ingrained way of living, like, like a guy comes in and he's a wine drinker, mm -hmm. but I say, you know, red wine is highly inflammatory. A lot of yeast, a lot of mold. You're better off distilled vodka, tequila, better choices. Well, he's been drinking a wet rind for like, you know, 30 mm -hmm. plus years. It's a tall order to ask him no wine. But I could say to him, if you're going to drink wine, the rule of thumb is three glasses of water for every glass of wine or beer you drink. You know, the eastern mold will get you. So at least dilute it and get it out of your system quick. The better choice, vodka tequila. So you look at your lifestyle. And you say, you know, I have an imprint in me for the last 30 plus years and I know that imprint is safe because it gives me a consequence I'm very familiar with. Even though something is familiar, it can still be dysfunctional, mm -hmm. right? The more functional stuff that we learn, especially at middle age, is scary because it's new rules. So you got to take a leap of faith, man. You really got to have a leap of faith. And you go, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I'll try it. It makes good sense to me. And so I screw up a little bit. I'll just continue to work on it. Like, mm -hmm. work on the thing I suck at. Don't work on the thing you're great at. That's not heroic. <laughs> you know, work on the thing you really suck at. That's extraordinary. So every day you wake up, go, I'm going to work on being extraordinary. I'm going to, like, manage my distractions, and I will acknowledge their distractions, and I'll try to come full circle with it within my day as I, as I do the best I can engineering my day and creating value. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel better at the end of the day when you look at your day going, I created some value? Right, I took care of myself, and because I did, I was better at helping other folks or working on my career path. Because when you're on your feuds and hydration and your training or fitness, whatever that might look like for you, your day is just easier to do. Mm -hmm. Do you differentiate the work you do with somebody like a Kevin Love, you know, or transforming actors into Marvel superheroes. Yeah, like the Marvel guys. And, or just, again, the executive, the guy who comes in here mm -hmm, at just looking to make a little bit of a change. You know, the, the guys, that get, the, the pro athletes, right? The guys that get paid the big bucks, they eventually realize that their hip pocket, the fatness of their wallet, has a direct relationship to how lean they are and how well they can perform. So there's a lot on, t on the table for them. Mm -hmm. But you take regular civilian guy, right, who's busted his ass, maybe divorced twice, what, you know, what, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you take just the family guy that has a kid, two kids, three kids, that's working his ass off to provide for his family and be the best husband he can be and father he can be. And he's always fallen short. And his, every time he puts on his pants, they're tight. And he doesn't feel like taking his clothes off because he's embarrassed. I mean, what kind of life is that? That's kind of mediocre and it's sad. So when I see sadness in here, like people come in here because a part of their daily life is sad for them. They just don't mm. know how to recognize it. So I help them recognize it in kind of a fun way that is not judgmental. And it's kind of like, well, dude, what did you expect if you ate that? 
how do you think you're going to feel if you did that? Like, there's another way we can do it. You just are unclear about the strategy because you should be unclear about the strategy because you didn't go to school for it and it's not your world. Mm -hmm. Your world is being a dad and a husband and, and coaching a soccer team. That's your world. This is my world. I'm great at this. And I always, I always joke. I always say to people, I'm the best in the world at this. I literally suck at everything else. Like, just ask my wife. She'll tell you. Well, but you're supposed to work on the things well, you I, suck at, Phil. I know, you I'm just trying, said that. But okay? I, don't have, you know, well, I was yeah. going to tell Jesus you there's Christ. another theory. There's another, okay? <laughs> there's another theory, okay, that was, okay, you can spend time, okay, doing what you're great at and yeah. keep getting greater and greater and be super, super successful. Why am I wasting time on working on the things that I suck at, okay? Yeah. I know what I'm great at and I'm going to keep doing that and that's, that, that's my the, career. That's the, the other everybody side. knows their boundaries. <laughs> yes. But, if there is something that you suck at that's inhibiting how great you can be at mm -hmm. the stuff you're great at, then you got to look at it at some yep. point. Because then you got to ask yourself, how much greatness am I leaving on the table? Like, is, it, is there a place of expert yeah. that I don't know about yet? Mm -hmm. Like, if I got my foods in line, would I just elevate my expert? And, and the best example of that, years and years and years and years ago, is a guy named Quincy Watts, who won the Olympic gold in the 440. And Q came into my office back when it was on Abbott Kenny in Venice and he was literally eating his mom's chicken wings and the fastest guy in the world and he was sent in by he was referred in by somebody we never advertise it's always referral based here you know so he came in and I said Q look man you are the fastest guy in the world that's epic right but I think there's a place of fast you know nothing about like if I fueled you correctly and you gave me a little leap of faith I bet there's faster than fast and he was like alright I'm in I'll try and the other guy that said that was Howie Long years ago. When I, when, and Howie Long was like corn-fed, just an elite athlete, an amazing human. And he said, you know, I want to be all pro when I wrap this stuff up. I'm like, Howie, you're expert at what you do already, but there's a place of expert if you attach foods to this thing that athletes don't know about. So let's attach foods to this and then see what happens. You know, so you make it easier. Like you're an elite athlete because you're great at the game, at your eye-hand coordination, at what you do. But mm -hmm. there's a place of better that most folks don't know about because they view food as adversarial and they put too much emphasis on training, which is why many folks will tell you 80% kitchen, 20% gym. Gunnar Peterson and I joke about that back and forth. And really, once you get your fitness game on and your foods, it's a 50-50 split. Mm -hmm. It's nutrition and training, 50-50 split. And be respectful of both. They both need each other. Because you say you can't out-train a bad diet. You can't out yeah. You can't do a thousand mm -hmm. sit-ups a day and go to pizza. Is that an okay word? Is diet an okay diet. word? You know, it's just used. Like, I make the word diet mean nothing because people use it all the time. But it's food programming. Like, you go to school and you're in a program with your course schedule, right? You're in your day at your desk and you're programming your day. And foods are no different. It's just that when we were kids and you... you you scuffed your knee or you had a bad day, mom gave you ice cream to make you feel better. So we always attach foods to emotion. And I, I get that. And, and legitimately, at some point, they should be too. But if you want the cake, understand that there's a consequence to eating the cake. It's not eating salmon. Right? Mm -hmm. There's a consequence to salmon. There's a consequence to cake. Decide what consequence you want and then be okay with it. Don't get pissed off that you didn't get the consequence of salmon when you ate the cake. You know, be okay with it. Like, I get it. I just wanted the cake. Cool. You're back to owning now, it. No, back to yeah. own it. And then get back to your salmon after that. Mm -hmm. Like, don't make it mean anything. You know, it's kind of like folks will say, 
well, my life isn't working. My physique isn't working. Well, who are you being to have that happen to you? Like you're sitting here whining about it, but obviously it happens to you every day. So there's must be something in it that you like. Otherwise you do something different. Well, mm -hmm. I'm here. Okay. So your, your food program or your physique or performance looks like this because of how you're being currently. So if you want to be something different, like ideally, how, how would your life look? It would look like this, la, 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 la. Who do you need to be to make that happen? And you got to be that way now. Like if you want the new car, clean out your garage to make it look like there's a new car in there. And then chances are you'll get the new car. How much of what you do, based on listening to you, really transcends nutrition? And, you, and it is about change of mindset, you know, change it's, of life. It's coaching. It's coaching, coaching, coaching. People always make themselves wrong and judge themselves more harshly than the people around them. It's, it's funny. Like, so I'll get a, a, a client in here, female or male, it really doesn't matter. Oh, I screwed up this week. That in and of itself is a real win. If you know so much about your food program now, and you can tell me that you screwed up, that's a win. So now you understand that there's a consequence you experienced you didn't dig. So what are we going to do about it? You're going to sit there and stare at your dietary diary and whine, or are we going to come up with a more suitable plan that will make you feel successful? But don't tell me you're broken about it. Don't tell me you screwed up. You experienced a, a weekly event that ultimately really didn't suit you. You didn't like it. So now you're going to do something about it, and we're going to talk about it and come up with a different strategy. Mm -hmm. you know, I dig it. I, that's, I, 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 just, I like talking about stuff like this because it transcends just chicken breast. Mm -hmm. You know? And I don't want people to count calories. I want them to count chicken breasts, count how many potatoes I had, you know, and in an order, in a caloric structure. It's like ritual. There was a, there was a general years ago. I think it was a general. I don't know. He gave a, uh, a speech at one of the college graduations about making your bed. Okay. Yep. I've seen it. Right. it was just, yeah. A seal, one of the seals and Something. how you wake up every morning yeah, and, and if you don't start your day by waking, making your bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So ritual patterns create tipping points of action. Even if somebody doesn't see you filling up your water bottle or making your bed, you know you did it, right? And it creates a tipping point for the next thing. So making your bed, eating your chicken, drinking your water, getting your sleep, and, and making, a, uh, making a conversation about it, making a declaration about it so other people see it, and then it's very public, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That says a lot about that person, about, a lot about their integrity. Can I ask you, because I've been looking at it, yeah. okay? What does it say on your arm? Oh, it says, turn wounds into wisdom. So as a bodybuilder, it was pretty emotionally paralyzing for me, where I would just train and train and train and train and push and push and push and push and push. So I, le I left a lot of emotion, a lot of like personal interaction on the table, a lot. Like I didn't focus on that. And because of it, there were a lot of wounds for me in that emotional place. Not to mention a fat kid and feeling like, I don't know, I had to give my Tonka toy away to, to get a friend. So, you know, there's a lot of resentment in that. And it would show up at very inappropriate times for me. And I've been able, you know, to really work on letting that go. Like, that's my weak muscle. It's something I always stare at. Am I resentful because I just did something for somebody? Like, mm. shut up. You like, you like doing that. Like, that's your thing. You know, like, I like referring people to my medical community. I like 
sitting at a dinner table and giving information out about chicken and how to manage their water. Because literally, I can't talk about anything else. That's all I know. Uh, but I like that. And I remind myself that, you know, my journey, whatever it's been since birth till now, you know, has had a lot of wounds in it. But, but I think I needed those things to get to this place of wisdom and comfort with myself. And it's something I'm still working at, you know. It's really, really deep stuff. And, and Hit, and hits home in, in a lot of ways. Uh, lighter side, what is your daily routine? <laughs> so, so when I am training and not recovering from pneumonia, uh, I'm up at five. I'm either in my garage on a bike or I'm on the road on a bike. So you're a home gym. You do have a home gym. Yep. Yeah, okay. In the garage. My, gar- okay. my man cave. So, and I got a Peloton, which is great. It gives me great homework or, you know, on a bike trainer. So I get my hour of cardio in. I want to get back into the gym and start training with weights again, like a bodybuilding-esque thing. I just haven't scheduled a time to get that handled. So I make sure I get my cardio in. On the weekends, I do my long training rides, you know, in the saddle for a bunch and just cycling wherever with groups or by myself. Uh, and then after I finish training, or before I start training in the morning, I always have a jam and almond butter. It's called low glycemic training. So a split packet or a tablespoon of jam, tablespoon of almond butter. Get my training in. After training, shower, blah, blah, blah. Get my dog, get to the office, have my first meal. And it's usually like half a cup of rice, a bunch of salmon, and some veggies. That's Mm -hmm. my thing. I'm very mono-focused on my foods. I don't care about what the stuff tastes like. I just eat it. Like as a bodybuilder, eating over 8,700 calories a day. I was blending up cans of tuna and just drinking them. Like, I don't care. They're farting a lot. (laughs) Is that interesting (laughs) to be partners with a renowned chef? (laughs) To be business partner, right. You can come on here and say, I don't really give a shit about food. Okay, I'm blending tuna. I ripped the packet open. I had the idea for the packet. I rip it open. Uh, I take it down. And here's Jeff, like, making this unbelievably, like, flavorful thing in his made a career. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. I know. Like, I love a good lamb chop. Like, I do have my one date night meal a week, and it's like sushi at night because there's rice at dinner type thing. Mm-hmm. If Lisa, my wife, makes cookies for everybody, like, I'll have a cookie, but then it gets too sweet. Like, that's enough. So so my day is like, you know, the salmon, a little bit of rice, and then it's always a fruit mid-morning, like a little sugar bridge to get me to lunch. Lunch for me is a no-starch lunch. It's eight ounces of fatty fish and a bunch of veggies. And I usually have two split packets in the afternoon, like a sugar fat grouping twice. And then I got fish again for dinner or a lean red meat, like filet, flanker, hanger, and a bunch of veggies. And then usually a little jam or honey or a half a fruit about 40 minutes before bed to spike me and drop me, all surrounded with an ass load of water, which is why I have a cordless headset so I can go to the bathroom and still talk to people <laughs> and piss and talk. It's multitasking. That is the thing about so much about the water intake. Okay, (laughs) that it's like constant, constant, constant. Constant. Okay, when you're around fit people that drink a ton of water, (laughs) I got got this again. So sorry. But that's that's kind of like my day, you know. And I usually eat as I see people. Like I'll sit here with my little bowl of salmon and half a cup of rice and talk to my clients and tell them what to eat. They see me eating. It's cool. Go easy. I get it. You know. So as we are continuing to focus on a youthful future. Mm-hmm. What's next? You touched on it a little bit, foundation, other stuff, but what's, what's 60 to 70 look like for you? For me, 60 to 70? 
really looks like diving deeper into our, our G plans website. Right. And it's so funny. So that's a good question. I love the podcast thing. I love Q and A's and talking. Cause now I know that thousands of people will hear this podcast. Right. And I feel like I've said a lot of cool stuff that somebody will pick out a couple of things on and go, cool, I'll try that. That's neat. Uh, so we just started, we just did our first Q&A in a podcast thing for our G Plans live, you know, community. And the questions that were coming through were hysterical, funny, filled with a lot of good science. And I could see on the computer, like, like little laughy things pop up or little hearts pop up, like after I answered a question. And I didn't know what that was because I'm a podcast idiot. <laughs> and then one of, the, one of my partners said, no, no, they, they, that means they dug the answer. I'm like, that's cool. How yeah. many folks do you think you talked to? Oh. Tens of thousands. I'm like, what? No, people were, we had to stop because it was just too long. So now I want to do that like every month. I want to do it twice a month. Like mm -hmm. I dig the podcast thing. I dig the thought of doing it with Gunnar Peterson. So we've got a training conversation and a nutrition conversation and a lot of fun and sarcasm thrown in there. When I, when I got your email to, to do this, like I got to do this. This is, I like this stuff. It's, I dig it. So things like that, that get a messaging out to more people. So they learn about consequence of food programming and under eating and judging themselves and what a youthful future really is. And for me, like my 60 to 70 platform for me is to continue to work on, you know, this whole resentment thing to realize that everything is a choice in your life. Like if you want to work 80 hours a week, it's your choice. You don't have to be resentful about it. And really, I've got a lot of gratitude about people coming in here through word of mouth because we have never advertised and people, somebody gets a good result and they, so they talk to Jimmy. Jimmy says, Hey, how'd you lose all that weight? Oh, you got to see this guy named Golia. He's really epic. So then they come in something about that. I just feel very lucky and fortunate about because I don't think everybody has that. I've had this business <clears throat> for over 30 years and it has always been word of mouth. And it's because I want people to leave every time they see me. I want them to leave with a little piece of me that gets them through their next week. I dig that. That that's really really cool. I gotta just say that I I have learned a ton. Okay, <laughs> in the hour that we have have sat down. Okay, and as I pause for a second to kind of go through all of what we, we covered. And mm -hmm. now I think about the glass of red wine that I had last night when I've been normally <laughs> a tequila guy. I'm really not even a drinker, but I was a, a tequila guy because of the clean. And then, okay, well, I don't want to drink tequila <laughs> because of the buzz. So maybe I'll just have a glass of red wine <laughs> with this awesome. meal and the intermittent fasting. And now I'm going to wonder again and eating this and trying that. And I just want to, I, I appreciate the simplification of it too. Like how much science and how much education, how much experience and background goes into all this, but the simplification of how the everyday guy mm -hmm. I mean, can approach this and what to do and how to do it and where to find help and what's available right. and cut through the clutter and the distraction and the noise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of noise. And mm -hmm. if you see that guy, like that middle-aged guy, don't you want to really help him? Like, you just go, dude, just start drinking more water. Just start with water. Start with water and a couple of snacks. Mm -hmm. Well, the, look, the premise of this, even for me, is that, hey, look, I don't fucking know. 
Okay, right. I mean for forty-seven. Okay, doing all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, overall. Yeah. And the same thing a lot of other guys are dealing with. Listen, I got the kids. We got the mortgage. We got the private school. We got the summer camps. We got the business to run. We got the the failures, the the bills to mm-hmm. pay, the other stuff. Try to get in the gym, be able to perform a little bit, do some things. I got all the same questions. Yeah. So it's like if you're asking me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're coming from a place further down the line also. Yeah. So you're asking me, but guess what? Let's be vulnerable enough. Let's be authentic enough to say we don't know. No, I, don't, I don't know. What's, what's wrong with that? I don't know no. is terrific. I don't know. And I'm still trying know. to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've tried a few of these other things. Let me go see who knows somebody like Goliath. Yeah. Let me see if I can actually get to that guy mm-hmm. that can help me go to the next one, go there and keep improving and getting a little bit better. Yeah. So when people hear this, they hear you in the same way for 30 years, people coming in and out of your door. It's a really good feeling, I think, when you can add value to, to somebody's day into their life. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's neat. Like having done it for 35 years, I guess, about, right? So I saw a guy who dated a girl who both came in because I helped them get ready for their wedding. Then they got married. And then she got pregnant, so I helped her with her kid and pregnancy. Then the kid. Now the kid's dating this girl, and I'm seeing them. Like, like I've got people that I've been seeing since I've been out here, since 1991, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing their children. That's just kind of cool. Like, how many people get to do that? So I wake up every morning, you know, shuffling to the, to the bathroom, right? Because I've got, you know, fake knees, fake hip, fake femur, a couple <laughs> fake shoulders. I got a lot of fake stuff. <laughs> from tons of athletics and I climb my truck to get over here and I go, wow, you know, I get to see 28 or 30 people a day and I'm going to make a difference in their day and their week. And it's, I'm seeing the son of the son of the person I saw that was getting married back 30 years ago. How cool is that? That's just cool. It is Phil Golia. Thank you so much for your yeah. time today. This this was awesome. We got it all. We got you. We got we got Tank. The yeah, sn- we tank, got Tank, the snoring. snoring dog. <laughs> we okay. purring. We got Je- we got Jeremy, Jeremy even chiming in a little bit. So yeah. we've got we got split nutrition. We've got turn up the heat. We got we got G plans. So <laughs> where do people where do people find you if they want to learn more? They want to get involved in any of these things. What's where just, do, where do they find you? Just uh, pfcnutrition.com. And that's the brick and mortar website, or you can look at gplans.com or, you know, there's a blurb on me, obviously in there with splitnutrition.com. I mean, I'm around. I, you know, people Google me and then, you know, stupid shit pops up. (laughs) (laughs) Always entertaining. Thank you so much. Midlife Mail Podcast. You guys out there, if you like what you hear, give us the five-star review. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You're interested in what Phil had to say today, learning more, trying split nutrition. You now know where to go. All right. Reach out to me directly. You have any other questions, anybody else you want to hear from on the show, I am always open. Greg Scheinman, Phil Golia. Thank you so much, guys. See you next week. You've been listening to the Midlife Mail Podcast with Greg Scheinman, presented by Ends Group. Ends Group is ensuring success. For more information, visit endsgroup.net. All right, guys, I want to talk a little bit about mascot books. They are one of the country's leading hybrid book publishers, and they can take your big idea and transform it into a print or digital book that matches your voice and vision. 
Whether your story is one of growth, balance, success, or all of the above, Mascot Books will bring it to life. Head over to mascotbooks.com to learn more. I am a big believer that everybody has a story. Everybody's got a book in them. Not just the athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, risk takers, but everybody. You know you've got an idea for a book. If you do, if you want to put it out there, head on over to mascotbooks.com. These guys are the best in the business. I have known Naren Ariel and his crew at Mascot Books for years. I've had him on the Midlife Mail podcast. Go back and check that out. We've also had a couple of his authors on the show as well. If you've got that story in you, if you want to be an author, you can do it. Mascotbooks.com. I want to thank these guys for supporting the show, keeping the midlife male movement growing. Mascot Books. Check it out.